0: On behalf of the Jesuit Schools Network Conference Office, welcome to our latest episode of the Ignatian Inquiry podcast. The JSN seeks to be a supportive resource to our member schools, and this podcast is designed to be just that, a carved out space to listen, learn, and engage. We are eager to encourage a spirit of inquiry across the many layers of our work in Jesuit education. We envision our particular brand of Ignatian Inquiry to be the art of inquiry as seen through our Ignatian lens, asking questions and exploring issues that matter in our schools through the frame of our shared Jesuit mission. In this episode, the JSN's Dr. Kristen Cully and I welcomed Father Juan Cristobal Garcia of the Society of Jesus, president of the Chilean Network of Jesuit and Ignatian Schools and editor of Jesuit Education at the Crossroads, discussions on contemporary Jesuit primary and secondary schools in North and Latin America, which brings together scattered studies on Jesuit education and asks experts on the issues about the current challenges of Jesuit education.
1: Good afternoon from the Jesuit Schools Network. Today I am joined by Father Juan Cristobal Garcia of the Society of Jesus, uh, who is the president of the Chilean Network of Jesuit and Ignatian Schools,
0: as well as the editor of the book, Jesuit Education at the Crossroads, Um, and
1: also here with me is Dr. Mm -hmm. Kristen Cully, the Director of Inquiry and New Ventures for the Jesuit Schools Network, uh, my colleague. Uh, So, Juan and Kristen, first of all, how are you both doing today?
2: Fine, thank you. Uh, It's a pleasure (laughs) to be here, uh, down here in Chile, where I live. Uh, We're in the middle of the summer, so it's hot, and we're waiting for (laughs) summer vacations soon to come.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Hi to you both uh, and to everyone listening. I'm doing great. I am the opposite uh, (laughs) outside of Boulder, Colorado, and we're just about to get a little bit of snow. So, still great to be (laughs) here. And I'm in DC where I think we're also supposed to get some snow, but I haven't been paying much attention. (laughs) So, (laughs) cold. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we're here obviously to talk about Jesuit Education at the Crossroads, which is a collection of um, you know, scholarship about Jesuit education. Um, so just to start us off, Juan, if you want to tell us um, a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what inspired um, Jesuit education at the crossroads.
2: Uh, sure. So I'm, I'm a Chilean Jesuit, um, 42 years old. Uh, I entered the Society of Jesus in Santiago, Chile, uh, where I was, where I lived I've lived most of my life. Um, and even though I wasn't interested in education at first, I entered the Society of Jesus because of the social work, especially. Uh, that was where I, I saw my commitment to Jesus uh, unfolding and, and growing. Uh, my 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 provincial superiors sent me very early in my years in the society to schools, especially to the school where I had studied, my high school. Uh, and I fell in love with education and and the work that, um but it's done through schools uh in accompanying and 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 training younger generations uh and I'm I'm truly I mean I'm a fan and a believer in what Jesuit education offers you know to younger people in terms of you know a transcendent view of the of the world that changes lives and so I I I grew interested in education um and that led me in 2014 to start a PhD in, in in curriculum and instruction at Boston College, so I, I traveled to the north. Um, and as I was studying my my PhD in a Jesuit um, college, uh, I was I, I, I began to wonder. Well, you know, I'm getting a great training in in the top and the, the like the current issues in, in educational research broadly speaking but i'm not getting much on jesuit education you know and mm-hmm. and because i'm a jesuit i had read you know the most important speeches by you know the last father generals and all that but i wasn't getting much on research and and you know data and and uh more uh, or or harder theoretical uh works on jesuit education so i began to to study and to to search by myself and i began asking mm-hmm. older jesuits and you know going to the library and getting the stuff and very early in my PhD, say, you know, third year, I realized, you know, the research available is very little. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, and the theoretical work that's available is basically, you know, commentaries on speeches by Father Generals and, you know, two or three documents uh, in a, in a, in a, time span of, you know, three or four decades, you know, the, the basic documents documents that most people in Jesuit networks know, you know, so characteristics mm-hmm. of Jesuit education, Ignatian pedagogy, and recently, um, a living tradition, but there wasn't much more. Uh, and, and as I was growing in, as, a, as a doctoral student, I realized, you know, like, there's, there's so many areas in education about which we know so much so if you if you look at you know what what's been developed in the last 10 years about the learning sciences or about you know teacher training and formation uh it's it's amazing uh, and so the contrast between that and what we know about Jesuit education became to me so apparent you know and so uh, urgent in terms of you know there's a need to do something here that uh i became Concerned about it, I began. I, I, I began to talk to you know Jesuit authorities and, and people who are in, in leadership positions about this. And as I realized, you know that I had the concern. I was studying a PhD. Uh, the truth was that I wasn't going to find much more because there, <laughs> nobody knew about it and it wasn't available. Mm. Uh, so I, I had to take the the issue in my hands and say, "You're right. So what? What am I going to do about it?" So the origin of the book is myself saying, all right, then I'm going to put some time in collecting uh, the few things that are out there, um, connecting the people that are interested in doing something similar and putting the first stone of something that has to be built and has to be built by many people. So the story of the book is basically, you know, asking here and there what's available, asking those people to write whatever uh, whatever they know about it, um uh, some of the authors wrote their chapters after doctoral dissertations, others after you know years of being in in positions that put them in touch with you know the the, the little research that's available um and so that's how the book came out to be uh, for me it's been a wonderful experience because i i I had the pleasure of getting to know the few people that have done some of the work. Uh, and that's truly interesting. It's remarkable. And Kristen Ross-Cooley is one of them. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And and I was just thinking, yeah, it's probably really validating to have gotten to connect with all of these people who share this honestly kind of niche interest of Jesuit education. Um, so, Kristen, do you have any memories of when you were reached out to and like what you thought about the project? Sure, sure. Um, you know, I, I was trying to remember when I first met Juan, it was some conversation that we had with the JSN and with him, and I can't remember exactly what or where, mm-hmm. uh, but it was before the ideas uh that he just spoke about, you know, that were generated with this book. Um, but it was really a, a stroke of luck, I think, for us. You know, it fit at such a perfect time. Uh, in the work that we're uh, attempting to do and to be inspired by with the Jesuit Schools Network. Um, And so it's really been an exciting uh, process for us. Um, You know, I think back to, so I began uh, working in Jesuit education in 1999. So it's hard to believe, I'm saying it out loud, that this is, I guess, the start of my 23rd year, which is crazy. Um, But I had thought all along those years, um, you know, I'm I'm with the JSN now, and prior to this role, um, I had been a principal of Loyola School in New York City and assistant principal at Regis and teacher and counselor and so on. And I think all along those early years about how so many of my colleagues, you know, teachers every day are researching and are thinking about their work and are figuring out, you know, why did students fail this test? Why aren't they grasping this material? Why is this going so well? You know, all these little kind of casual anecdotal type experiments along the way that educators do. Um, And I think as I kind of grew up in my own career, how that was so inspiring to me, you know, and to, it really planted the seeds of the more engaged and serious research. I think that, um, again, that we're lucky enough to be a part of now. And that I think this book really represents, um, one of the, the most, uh, awesome things that Juan did is exactly what you said, um, really connect so many educators across the globe, across mm-hmm. the Americas, edu- that are doing this work in different capacities, Jesuits and non-Jesuits and, um, leaders and scholastics, you know, all of it. Um, and it really represents, it's just a tremendous contribution to scholarship on our schools and on our work. Um, so it it's been terrific to be a part of it and to shine a light on all of these ideas that, that he had, um, that I think are really important. I would also say that so many of the people who are doing research now have shared the reaction that Juan had in his own research, that there just isn't enough research Mm -hmm. on current, modern, timely, Jesuit schools. Um, But he went a step further than that. And he actually (laughs) edited a book, put together a book and edited a book on exactly that. So it's really remarkable yeah it absolutely is um and inspiring um so as we continue so what is like the contents of this book that you that you put together what are what are some of the things that you were able to gather by connecting all of these people because um while there isn't a lot of research there was enough to fill at least the one book so we're we're getting started for sure um
2: <laughs> absolutely yeah so so i would answer two things to your question julia mm-hmm. um uh, I'm, I'm gonna go second with the direct answer but first okay. um one of the things that came to my mind that because of his lack of research uh it wasn't going to be possible you know to, to offer an edited collection that that would you know offer a, a full picture with a lot of like you know uh, data that would ground, you know, hard conclusions. Just because mm-hmm. we have we don't have that that research. Um, so the the title of the book is Jesuit Education at the Crossroads, but the subtitle is Discussions on Contemporary Jesuit uh, Primary and Secondary Schools in North and Latin America, and it's 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 very intentional that that subtitle discussions. So mm-hmm. because of this lack of research, I said to myself, "All right, if you can't put together." Something that's, you know, solid in terms of, you know, the data that's out there or the conclusions that we can make. Well, let me put out there then discussions that will raise interesting questions that will put together, you know, opposite views or data that, you know, can say this on this topic, but then can set the opposite. So the structure of the book, very intentionally, uh, triggers and promotes discussions. You're going to see authors and commentators that are going to say the opposite about mm-hmm. different issues so very intentionally the book has 12 chapters uh which are paired with each other so it's six pairs of chapters uh one written by some north american author and then one written from latin american author and then six pairs of commentaries on each pair of chapters so very intentionally what the book does is it builds discussions you have two people writing uh, research or, or showing their research. And then you have two people that didn't research anything on gesture education, but they have enough background in their topic enough to comment the two other chapters. So what you have in the book is very, I would say like cross cutting discussions that raise a lot of interesting conversations. So the actual research in the book is 12 chapters, but then the book has 23 different, um, Texts or, or 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 yeah chapters if you want to call chapters the commentaries as well, which comment on each other and build up something that's much more interesting. Um, so that's the first thing I would I, I would add. So if if, if somebody's interesting in reading the book, what you're going to get is research, but you're also going to get a very interesting discussion which goes you know back and forth and brings. Different visions or 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 positions on what's what's said about one topic or the other, uh, which I think are very valuable if you really want to spark a conversation or you want to get into the weeds of you know issues that are contested today. Having said that, strictly, I mean, directly to your question, which are the contents? So as as I gathered, you know, the research available, and uh, and I. I searched for the people who could write, you know, these chapters or these commentaries. Uh, one of the questions that I had in my mind was, you know, why do we have so little research? Mm-hmm. That that was something that's, that was in the back of my mind all the time. And I, I, I very early on uh, came to the hypothesis that uh, uh, the lack of research had a lot to do, n- not only with the fact that, you know, people in schools are... are just as, as Kristen said, you know, they're busy, you know, with the kids and with teachers and you don't have much time to write down whatever your conclusions, you know, with daily experiments are and all that. That's true. But also more, you know, uh, looking from a wide perspective or, or, or a, like a whole picture perspective, uh, there was a historical issue that, w- that that was very, like, important. So just education has had a, a very, you know, well-known um uh, development during the last you know 4 or 5 decades uh and and the 70s were a crucial time uh it had to do with you know jesuit's uh stating the the, the mission of the society of jesus as you know the service of faith and the promotion of justice well that statement with father arube and general congregation uh, uh 32 in the 70s uh moved almost all the Jesuit apostolate around the world uh, it was crucial, you know. It's uh, uh, the closest to the meteorite that uh, you're going to get in 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 in, <laughs> in the development and the history of Jesuit education, and you know, it it started a lot of interesting things in Jesuit works. But I I think the 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 other side of the story was that it it really affected Jesuit education, especially primary and secondary. Uh, mm-hmm. And by affected, I mean. Uh, Younger Jesuits in the 70s or 80s simply didn't want to go to secondary education because they became interested in social works or higher education. Um, a lot of questions began to be asked about, you know, what is the role of Jesuit high schools in the reproduction of inequalities in our in our societies? So this is across the board. This is true in the U.S. and Latin America. Uh, and because of this... Um, Jesuit education, or Jesuit primary and secondary education, entered a stage of you know uh, renewal that had to do with you know a lot of criticism with itself, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, yeah. I mean, in in several provinces, the, the Jesuits closed down schools because of this. Uh, all right, so a lot of this created a, an atmosphere that made it very difficult. For the Society of Jesus to sustain research or 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 thinking about education, uh, the few Jesuits that stayed in the schools basically sustained the schools, uh, not to close them, not to close them, and began the hard work of training the first lay people that took leadership positions in the seventies, eighties, uh, and most of the energy went there. So when you look at it, you know historically, then you know all right, well. The society of jesus spent you know 20 or 30 years basically trying to uh, save the system from a widespread crisis uh, and today you know 40 or 50 years later uh, we see a you know we see you see very consolidated networks of schools uh led mainly by lay leaders almost everywhere so jesuit leaders are very few and uh, scattered here and there throughout the system but that took a toll in the system. And one of the tolls, I would say, is that uh, the system had very little time and energy to do research, to study itself. Um, and so that's why the book is divided in two chapters, or two, two sections, let me say. So the first section, which has the first six chapters and, and the first commentaries, has to do with this story. So, what happened in the sixties and seventies, and you know older Jesuits tell the story and 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 I was able to find some research on those times and you know, and then a second section that has to do with the present where you actually have the present research that's available.
1: I find that really fascinating, especially what the what the dearth of research now shows about the history of Jesuit education is really fascinating to me in particular. um, it's cool to kind of look back and see like why like why we're, we are where we are. Um, so that's great. And another question actually that I just thought of while you were talking, um, because you mentioned that some of the commentators were not from the the world of Jesuit education. So do you want to talk a little bit about um, who all you reached out to? Um, you know, because obviously we have Kristen who is in the Jesuit schools network um, I, I imagine there were other people who were deeply involved in Jesuit education. You spoke about the older Jesuits, for example, who talked about the history. Um, hmm. But what other sorts of um, people and writers and scholars did you talk to for this for this project?
2: Sure. So I reached out to, you know, so th- this pairs of chapters that had to do with common themes. So, for example, Kristen's uh, chapter, I think it's chapter 10 or 11. Um, ah, I think it's nine. It's <laughs> nine. You're right. Yes. So, Kristen's uh, chapter on chapter nine uh, deals with research in, in Jesuit schools in North America,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but then it's it's paired because it's based on the JSN. It's paired with a chapter right uh, written by a Chilean researcher, Jorge Radic. um and and what pairs these two chapters is the network issue. Mm-hmm. So, a, a network perspective. So what I, what I did was I, I tried to find commentators that were experts in networks and research on networks. Oh, and fantastic. again, I, I, w- I tried to find it, you know, one from Latin America and one from North America. Um, um, some of them were connected to Jesuit uh, uh, schools, not in the sense that they work for Jesuit schools, but some of them right. were, you know, alumni or they had, you know, they had sent their children to a Jesuit school. Mm-hmm. So... None of them is totally disconnected. Sure. Uh, otherwise, they probably have, would have said no. To <laughs> the, but, but they're not. They're not part of the system, so they can still take a, You know, a, an outsider yeah. perspective, and uh, and some of them are very, you know, like uh, famous researchers. So, for example, Jorge mm-hmm. Enrique Vargas, you know, who's a commentator, of one of the last two chapters, uh, or the he commentates the last the last mm-hmm. pair of chapters. He's a former a former minister in <laughs> from colombia from the colombian government so he's actually you know a uh um a unesco advisor in education and so his chapter commentating you know on on cristo rey and fey alegría it's a very interesting commentary uh the same i would say about santiago rincón gallardo who's a mexican researcher based on ontario in, in canada uh and the, the the two commentaries they're right you know they they put together issues from public education with what we are doing, and um, and something that's that's interesting is that you know when when you get into researcher, I think one, one, um, one issue that happens often to scholars that you, is that you get focused on what's what's missing, you know, mm-hmm. and, a lot, and a lot of research has to do with that. You know, you get very critical, and you know that's, that's the power of research. But then some of these commentators who take this outsider perspective, they validate some of that criticism and they say, yeah, this is true. And this could be even harsher if you, if you mm-hmm. go deeper. But they also say something that's very interesting is that they, from an outsider perspective, they say, okay, but don't miss the value of the Jesuit tradition. And if, if you, if you only read the comments, the commentaries. So these outside people who haven't done research, what they tell us is, you know, there's all these challenges in just education that are very real and they must be faced, but there's also all this uh, value. So here's a tradition that in the midst of, you know, uh, educational systems that are more and more market driven. So in the middle of that, here's a tradition that's very humanistic. That is in, in the middle of all that and in the middle of, you know, the challenges of, you know, uh, fight for enrollment and all what, what happens with that. Uh, they're still trying to fight for a different approach to education, this whole person education, uh, and even though they they don't have ways of you know measuring it or or showing you know the the uh, what 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 the great work they're doing looks like, or they're still fighting for it. And uh, there's there's one of them, Dennis Shuley, who works at, at at in Boston at Boston College actually. He's a, he's a professor there who actually says and this isn't the end of the introductory chapter uh that to the extent that jesuit schools address the challenges posed by this secular age they be will they, they will be well positioned to address the current hunger for humanistic education and he's saying that from a from a wider perspective he's saying you know there's a hunger for a more holistic and humanistic education not only you know in parents in jesuit schools but Across the board, hmm. and if gesture education is able to face that and to you know to to do research that helps it to conceptualize and to say in better ways whatever the tradition has to offer, gesture education should be able to enter the big stage. And by that, I'm talking about you know like the large research uh, conferences and offer something that's very valuable for the common good. Um, that that I think is something very interesting. That you know this outsider these outsider commentators bring to the conversation as well. So, do, you know, it's true that we're missing all this, but don't mm-hmm. miss the value. And that makes the book overall, I think, very hopeful as well.
1: Uh, Absolutely. I think it's that um, spirit of hope, you know, like I think about right now, educators across all of the schools in North America listening to this and trying to figure out, you know, how does it, how does it kind of resonate with the world that they live in? And if you think about it, one of the best parts, I, you know, that that you that so much so many of us love about our work in Jesuit education is the spirit of reflection that's just prompted in every corner of the schools that we're in. Reflection, you know, on, on your own professional development. Reflection when it comes to new teacher programs and formation programs. Your works with students and retreats. You know, kind of all of it. And this book is just celebrating that, but is also urging a step beyond that. So, like, how do we move beyond that? Spirit of reflection that's everywhere in our world, but in our Jesuit education world. But how do we move beyond that to kind of encourage and prompt more systematic knowledge? You know, so moving that kind of idea of moving beyond the anecdotal. Um, it's one of the things that I, I thought um, connected. I connected the most with when I uh, when I was reading the the entirety of the book. You know, when Juan talked about. The idea of triggering and promoting discussion and sparking conversation, that's what this book does. I mean, it really is, um, it really is a very interesting read for anyone who is interested um, or has a role, whatever that might be, within the world of Jesuit education.
2: Actually, your comment, uh, Kristen, makes me think that if I could think of something that the book does, so what would I like to, you know, to have unfolding? As a consequence of the book, I'm not thinking of people saying, Oh, this conclusion is so interesting. You know, I, I learned this about Jesuit schools. But I would imagine, for example, um, teachers or leaders who want to begin a PhD in education saying, Oh, so here there's an avenue where I can grow and offer something interesting in continuation. Oh, I would love that. I would love, you know, this book to spark, you know, 30 or 40 new dissertations that build on what's here. To ask new questions and to help us say better things that are because another thing that I think it's it's all of us who are in Jesuit education, and I'm thinking of, you know, teachers or leaders who may be listening to this podcast is, you know, I I came into a Jesuit school and I've stayed here, in spite of, you know, they may be offering, you know, a better salary somewhere else, because there's a treasure here that I, you know, I I value. You know, there's there's a kind of relationship. There's this depth of, you know, reflection on experience. Um, there's a way of following Christ that, you know, that brings joy to my life and to my family's life and, you know, to my colleagues and all that. And, and, and there's so much effort to, to make that concrete in an institution that has done it for, you know, 50 or 60 or 100 years. Uh, and, and, and I hope this book helps us to, to you know, go further in terms of you know how do you how do we say that better? How do we systematize? How do how do we systematize that so that others can, you know, uh, share it and and make use of it and and yeah.
1: And I you know I think that's exactly what um, you know when you asked the JSN to be a part of this I think that's exactly what it did for us. So the the work that went into our contributions to the book. Really came at a point when we were trying to promote and develop this idea of research and what does that mean and what does it look like and data analysis and kind of the whole the whole realm there. And this chapter uh, prompted us to say, well, what we want to do that in the future, but we need to know what currently exists. So, what is there out there right now? Um, in our world that contributes to the work that we do in schools. And so the landscape review of literature that we contributed, it was really helpful. I mean, it it, it prompted, you know, um, it prompted an exploration of a little less than 20 studies of dissertation studies over the last 10 years on a variety of topics that are like real life and practical from practitioners in our schools. And that that review and that contribution allowed us to spark this idea that we're trying to promote um, uh, around the JSN conference um, of Ignatian inquiry, you know, asking questions and exploring issues that matter to our schools. That's really what this was. So this was a good temperature check for us to say, so, yes, we want to do more of this in the future. But what actually exists right now? Of course we we what we discovered affirmed what you already knew, which was there is not that much you know less a few seventeen eighteen whatever studies over the course of a decade is not very much. um, so we hope that there's more, and we hope that it does urge and inspire more um, as we go on. But I think it's exactly what it did for for our network and so, another issue that
2: goes along with that, Kristen, I would say, is that um, the book not only says that there's you know a little research, but it also says that we are researching ourselves. Yeah. So we often tell ourselves, you know, Jesuit education is so remarkable and it's wonderful. And, you know, all these alumni everywhere, you know, and Congress is here and there, this country and over there. But the truth is uh, researchers who are not within our networks are not interested in our, in our work or our schools, uh, not at least from the research perspective. Uh, and for me, that was a, you know, a red light saying, all right, maybe we we, we have been telling ourselves a story that's not the actual broader, larger story. Um, and, and what this, outs- uh, you know, external commentators tell us is, uh, you know, there's something remarkable happening in justification that, you know, a lot of other people should be looking at because it's worthwhile. Uh, and I would say, you know, we should be doing the work of not only promoting, like, promoting more research about our schools. But also we should be doing or we should use the, the research available to promote what jesuit education does for the common good so that more people become interested in it and we can actually like show. So imagine for example, what some of the things that we have discovered about reflection or a whole a whole child development, what that could do to public education if we have if, if we had people, you know, from public schools learning how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, i I'm, I'm not saying you know they, they might not um take the religious grounding of it uh but still there's so much richness on on, on our tradition that could be uh, that could that could ground um better education for several people that are not necessarily our students uh and i think that's part of the jesuit mission as well because uh, in the end what matters is not that we have you know a hundred and twenty or 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 so wonderful Jesuit schools throughout the Americas, but that education for all the kids in the Americas is better. And our schools should be, you know, platforms, uh, a ground for that. Uh, so that I think a lot of the research piece has to do with that too. Like, how do we, you know, have some incidents in the common good?
1: Um, yeah. And in the same way, how do we, how do we learn from those outside of our world as well? You know, all of us that are tapping into the, to the knowledge of the independent schools and the other faith-based schools and public schools and all forms of other education that are out there, you know that's one of our charges is not to be so insular and focus and to stick to our, to only what we know and to only our way of doing things, but to look outside of our own world. Um, so it does go both ways for sure. Well, this is great. <laughs> um, it's it's so it's it's so amazing how you know, just from, from one starting point, you can open up so much and so many avenues of inquiry to, to bring it back to the the name of the podcast. Um, but one other question that I do want to, um, uh, talk about a little bit. So you mentioned earlier that this book, uh, focuses primarily on North America and Latin America. Um, and something that, uh, emerged from that were similarities and differences between, uh, so like our network of the U.S. and Canada and then the Latin American network. Um, so would you like to talk a little bit about things that emerged, um, from that?
2: Uh, sure. So I, I think the main, the main difference, um, cause you could, you know, th- this could be a larger conversation about o- only about this point, uh, would be that the U.S. is a country that uh, from the very beginning, this this metaphor of the U.S. being a melting pot, uh, you know, that's you know sparks so many discussions about it. But but from a religious point of view, it's certainly true. Uh, so the, the U.S. was a mix of very different Christian uh, churches, and within those churches, the Catholic Church was one of them. Uh, in many ways, uh, close to immigrant groups, so Polish uh, Catholics or Italian or Irish, you know, Catholics and Jesuit schools in the U S, uh, came with, you know, this immigrant communities, uh, and they were part of, you know, larger communities with, you know, a lot of Christian schools from other traditions and public schools and all that. And that makes it very different from what happened in Latin America because of the Spanish and Portuguese empires Latin America is, 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 I mean, or was mainly Catholic, but culturally Catholic. And that meant something very different, and that meant that Jesuit priests and their order had a very different uh, like cultural status uh, in several countries. So, for example, in Bogota, the capital of Colombia, you have the, the central square of the city, and you have, in, so if you imagine a square, literally, you have the executive power, the president's you know, palace in one, in one side of the, of, the, of the main square. You have Congress. You have uh, uh, you have the judicial power, and then you have the church, you know the cathedral. So, in one of the corners, one of the four corners, you have the Jesuit school. Uh, this is just a picture of what Jesuit schools meant for the city and the power structure of that society, because of this cath- Catholic background. That that is very different in the U.S. Uh, it has a very different flavor, and because of this history, so and what unfolds from all this. Uh, of course, you have, you know, Jesuit schools that are, are very central to a, to a, to a city or to a country in a way that's, very different from the U.S. That means different ways of, you know, Catholic or, or, or Jesuit values and Jesuit education, like permeating one society or the other. Uh, that w- I would say the main differences between the two. Uh, Continents and you know, on the research on on justice schools has to do with these different traditions and how and how that unfolds on time, and how this you know and how the issue of GC thirty two and the statement about faith and justice you know sort of like hits these two different historical trajectories. Uh, There's one chapter that's very like like interesting from that perspective. Um, I think it's chapter three. Which is the story of the Jesuit school in El Salvador? Um This was written by a U.S. Jesuit who lived in El Salvador at that time, uh, and and you have you know you have Monsignor Romero, you know, you know our, our Saint uh, uh, Romero, criticizing the Jesuits before the, his conversion,
1: mm-hmm. so
2: fighting Jesuits who were you know. Uh, they were they were labeled as you know left wing priests or Marxists, uh, and then you have all the story of that school being the school where you know the sons and, and of, of the current presidents over two or three decades were studying, and so it was it was an issue that was you know in the main uh, page of all newspapers throughout three or four years. You know bishops fighting about this Jesuit school. You would never see that in the U.S. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and it's very interesting to see how that meant very interesting things for the country, for for the Society of Jesus in that country, uh, and for the culture. And because of that, you know, Bishop Romero is Bishop is is who Bishop Romero is. You know, he was he could have never been who he is in the U.S. Right. because he would have never been, you know, the national figure that Romero was in El Salvador uh, because of being a Catholic country. So I would say a lot of differences between U.S. and America ha- have to do with this. Two types of cultures, uh, and the book is very eloquent. I would say to show that, um, yeah. and, and and to raise questions about you know pros and cons and challenges of both both types of schools and, and school presences.
1: Yeah, that is really interesting. And I had not, I you know, obviously this this speaks to my U.S. centric worldview. I had not even thought about that, and that makes a lot of sense that it would be that it would evolve differently. Um, from the different histories. That is very, that is very cool. Um, so I think that we are getting close to, um, wrapping up. So I just want to ask if there's anything that you didn't say that you want to make sure you say anything that you want to leave, uh, the listeners with.
2: I would encourage people to, you know, get the book, uh read the introductory chapter which gives you know a, an overview of the book and then go to whatever your hunch tells you that you you might find something that's interesting to you uh i would encourage you know run, young people who are interested in research or who are interested in you know knowing more about Jesuit education to read it and to pursue research that comes to their mind after reading this book as a continuation, and then reach out to Kristen, who's going to, to gather all that for the JSN and put together the second book in the collection. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, the sequel. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. And I would say, um, you know, one of the things I've always loved about um, my career, my vocation as an Ignatian educator is that I love being a part of something that's bigger than myself. Um, I always felt that way going to different network events, you know, when I was in a school building and I I feel that way now and even even broader, kind of more global scale. And this book really represents that to me. So to me, um, any teacher, any leader in our schools who wants to kind of pursue that idea and to think about the history that brought us here and the the history that we will all create that will bring us into the future, I think we'll find this to be a really interesting, uh, interesting read. It certainly fits all of the goals and kind of strategic priorities of the JSN when it comes to inquiry and, mission formation and leadership and absolutely global perspectives Mm -hmm. um so i would really i would really encourage um i would really encourage just as Juan said the the introductory uh chapter kind of sets the stage and then even each of the each of the chapters that follow um there's something kind of for everyone in there it can be a terrific discussion-based group and um you know or someone just reading it on their own so i think there's lots and i do hope that it prompts um, it prompts that uh, conversation that we're, that we're hoping for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So Juan, where can our listeners go if they would like to learn more or if they would like to um, find you, follow up with you?
2: <laughs> well, if you Google me, you'll find my email very quickly. <laughs> well, I would encourage, I would, I would encourage people not, not to go to me because this is a very, I mean, it's a collective work. Sure. Uh, I, I can guide you know, or connect with, with the rest of the researchers. But I would actually, I would, you know, truly uh, invite people to connect with whichever researcher in the book touches closer to the theme, the theme or the issue that you're more interested in. Um, and to really see the book as a collection of works. And because of that, see it as a collection of authors who are working together. And I was just, you know, I was just the glue that brought us together.
1: And if there are any questions about it from folks in the JSM they can reach out to me um the book is available on amazon um and they can let me know if you are interested in looking at purchasing it in bulk for schools um cuz there's i think some discounts available the price of the book will go down the more copies that are sold uh, and it is really god willing right and it is yeah. a uh, it is very much a an academic kind of book i think that universities are, will be using as well um, but anyways, but be in touch with me and I can put them in touch with, the, the, uh, with the publisher in terms of getting bulk discounts. Absolutely. And Kristen and I are very easy to get in touch with because you just go to Jesuitschoolsnetwork.org and we're right there under staff. You can, you can send either of us a message, um, if you are interested in this or anything else that you've heard today. Um, but Juan, Kristen, thank you so much for joining me and for having this conversation today. This was,
0: um,
1: very enlightening very inspiring and i am looking forward to what comes of jesuit schools at the crossroads and the discussions that follow uh so thank you both very much thank you as well good to see you Juan.
2: likewise Mm -hmm. pleasure
0: this episode of the ignatian inquiry podcast was hosted by Julia Andretta and Dr. Kristen ross Cully. The episode was recorded, edited, and produced by Julia Andretta and directed by Dr. Kristen ross Cully. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to hear more, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Jesuit Schools Network, please visit www.jesuitschoolsnetwork.org. Stay curious and set the world on fire.